Hello and welcome to Soundtrack Showdown. Once again, this is our November episode where we uh, we step back from the competitiveness of like media versus media, film versus film, TV versus TV, game versus game, and we like to have what I don't know what this year I'm calling one of our little fireside chats. With me, as per usual, is the amazing Ella Kova. Hello. And we, this year, we've already done our favourite things and our, well, least favourite things, our pet peeves. So there was kind of a bit of a sense of, well, what do you do next? And I think the answer has been obvious. We're going to talk about what we've been listening to during lockdown, because lockdown has somewhat dominated our years. And I, I don't know how many of you out there know this, but we here are in London, where we are like about a week into our second lockdown. And how is that treating you, Ella? How are you? How are you coping? Um, honestly, I'm coping better than the first time um, uh-huh. because I think humans function better with the familiar. So I think one of practice makes perfect. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. So because it's it feels slightly familiar, it feels a little bit more bearable, more manageable, and not too much as a shock to the system. Um, Mm -hmm. but I still feel like I don't want to get too political into it, but I would have (laughs) to say, uh, I do not, yeah, I don't think it's necessary for this long. Lockdown is necessary for this long. I just feel like this could have been been handled much better earlier in the year to have avoided Uh this, or at least to have had a much shorter lockdown period because. This, they say, is going to be a month. It's not going to be a month. And I'm just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. Uh, for any, It is frustrating. And look, I think at this point, we should do our social responsibility thing. For anyone out there who maybe isn't in lockdown, uh, we would do what everybody asks. And please urge you to all wear a mask, look after yourselves, look after everybody else around you, and take care of yourselves during this difficult time because yes otherwise as ella says it doesn't get handled and it just keeps on going um and that is pretty awful for everybody so you've you sort of came up with a concept for for this month of of talking about the the stuff we've been listening to during lockdown do you want to explain sort of the 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 concept of what you're going with there (laughs) what what was i thinking (laughs) yeah what were you thinking ella (laughs) a question i often ask (laughs) um well i think it was just very simple like the reason why i thought this would be a quite good episode to discuss what we were listening during lockdown is a because it gives an opportunity for us to kind of talk more about our person our personality like for people for mm-hmm. our listeners to kind of get to know us a little bit better and hopefully in some ways to I- inspire our listeners to listen and check out these um mm. soundtracks to maybe help them in some ways maybe with their if they're going through anything particularly emotionally, mentally too. Because I felt mm. like having listened to some of my the, the tracks that we'll be talking about actually helped me um, in some ways. So is that what you were going for when you chose yours? Because I'm, I'm like, so you've asked me to choose things that I was listening to during lockdown. And I certainly, I tried to sort of think of, well, what were the things that maybe I'd listened to most in, in lockdown? I sort of started from there and I sort of moved on a little bit from that. Is, is that kind of the approach you took or did you try and 
find stuff that specifically like captured the mood of lockdown it's, it's, or that it's, helped it's, it's, well, you yeah. emotionally. I mean, definitely. I mean, the mute. Yeah, you'll you'll know as soon as as soon as we start yeah. going into <laughs> discussion, you'll know that it definitely captured the evolution of my mental state during right. lockdown. <laughs> basically, I I I will agree with you there, and like in that mine. Like I didn't expect it. I just thought, okay, I'm literally just going to pick the stuff I listen to the most. But it had, the, it was exactly the same. It was like, it was like, oh, yeah, no, that actually does sound like lockdown. So I feel like this is almost scoring lockdown, whilst that wasn't the deliberate focus. It wasn't. No, but it just is fascinating. It was almost, it was an interesting <laughs> experiment to see how the human mind reacts to music and what it kind of attaches itself to be able to what to cope with these changes yeah. and stuff so i'm quite i'm fascinated and also quite pleased the fact that you know having to listen to your tracks there is a similarity in some sense uh-huh you know i mean i don't know if there's also a bit of a bias here in that we are literally two people whose like professional life is matching the moods of music to situations <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's something we do automatically maybe other people had a little bit more dissonance i don't know but i think it would be fair to say that um Yes, well, it wasn't necessarily our first choice. We weren't trying to be like, this is the music that sounds like lockdown, or this is what lockdown sounds like. I think subconsciously that's exactly what we've done. Yeah. <laughs> it's just whatever music that kind of resonated with us and kind of, as I, you know, at yeah. the time. So, so look, shall we start with your first one? Because you've been quite sneaky. You've said go for three, <laughs> but you've taken four. So I think because of that, you have to go first so that you can top and tail okay. the episode, sure. right? Like that, that's that's fair? Yeah, yeah. that sounds fair. So, um, but just want to give a little spoiler um, beforehand yeah. before we go into, because Ooh. some of the um, tracks come from either TV shows or films. So obviously we're going to be talking or referencing mm. some of the plot lines. Um, so just be aware. These are our best spoiler alerts, right? When we give spoiler alerts for stuff that we haven't even announced that we're going to talk <laughs> about. So it's like, we may spoil it, but you've got no idea what it is. So good luck with that, guys. Yeah, just be aware. <laughs> just, just... <laughs> Listen at your own peril. We probably won't talk about the plots that much, to be honest. But um, if we do... I eh, have to. to <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there okay. we go. I have to. Um, All right. But yeah, I mean, just okay. Well, we, I'll do another spoiler alert as of when I'm going to be talking about the T, like referencing the songs. So I'm going to kind of start with the journey of what I started listening to at the beginning of lockdown, which was which was around like April time to. <laughs> Just just casually seven months ago. <laughs> to kind of because I think it'll 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 be it's easy to explain. I'm, oh, I hope it will help uh-huh. to kind of explain my situation. Are, are you doing yours in chronological order? Is that is that the thing? Not necessarily chronological, but in terms of my mood, because you know, at first, you know, when lockdown happened, I my. Yeah. I thought it wouldn't be for as long as it was going to be. So I had more of an mm, optimistic... I don't think anyone did. Yeah, but I had more mm-hmm. of an optimistic vibe, thinking, oh, yeah, it's fine, the sun is shining. Because during lockdown in London, in the UK, like, we had a proper early summer. Like, really, like... Oh, my God, yeah. Like, the moment it started, the weather was amazing. And we had to be inside. <laughs> so it was a bit of a, like, yeah. a double-edged sword. But, yeah, so it kind of... The sunshine and being... Lo- having to be inside you know but looking out through the window like the music that I was listening to was kind of trying to elevate that vibe a little bit and then gradually kind of started to go a little bit downhill (laughs) when I realized that like actually 
this isn't going to end sooner than I thought. Anyway, so the first song that we're going to be discussing is um, from a TV mini TV show, uh, which is you can find it on Netflix. It's called Maniac. And oh, yep. I don't know if many of you have seen it. Have you seen it? Oh no, not okay. at all. Well, I'll give you just a brief sort of outline. Again, a little spoiler. Um, so it's a basically a surreal retrospective show about two people who volunteer to participate in a pharmaceutical trial that uses drugs and virtual simulation with the mission to try and fix all problems that the mind generates from from depression to schizophrenia to trauma to even like, even like relationship mm. problems. So like okay. these two particular characters, they have their own issues that they are going in to try and resolve or hope to resolve Mm so it kind of uses this theory that through fantasy through the virtual simulation like which the pills induce the participants are able to heal themselves basically each episode like when they get into the virtual simulations like that it's sort of like weird therapy um they i think mm-hmm. you might enjoy it because there's different scenes where they go from like lord of the rings setting to like a murder mystery oh. to like a james bond scenery and what's nice is that because of the gen the genre hopping the music reflects that as well so when you uh-huh. listen to the album you kind of feel like you're on this weird journey but so the track you've gone to where does that fit in terms of so the track that I've gone for is right at the end of the, of the show so the scene is basically oh. the ending where um, one of the characters Annie helps mm-hmm. the other character Owen um, escape the mental institution and they go on this okay. adventure together as friends and it's a really lovely scene and it really kind of um, represents this aspect of freedom and friendship and just the fact that these are two broken people on their way to healing and finding peace. Okay, well, let's hear it then, and then, then we can talk about it more. So the track, I believe, is called Annie and Owen, and here it is.
I'm interested by what you just said about it being sort of like a like what did you describe it's like a happy moment yeah it's a warm sort of ending i can certainly hear like there's that bit in the middle where it gets very like bouncy and happy when i when i first listened to this obviously i had no idea how this fit um i couldn't work out where that bit in the middle kind of fit to the whole thing because otherwise my my basic feeling was that it's got that real kind of strong ticking clock it had a very kind of john adams kind of a quality to it and it felt to me quite claustrophobic and like you're running out of time Mm. so explain (laughs) (laughs) what explain the composer's decision as to why he composed it in this way so if so if it's like they're escaping the asylum i can certainly see how that ticking clock would be like the action so i mean in terms of like where the scene kind of changes where you have the moment of clarity i would say around like one minute and 30 seconds where you have this um Mm -hmm. sort of tremolo type string just holding the notes this is the scene where um, Annie basically convinces Owen to accept the fact that he's not able to heal himself like through his schizophrenia and stuff, that there is a way out and if like we both can help each other as friends basically and she and he's kind of okay. like asking her like why are you doing this and she says well because I'm your friend you know I'm right and I think it's that sort of pinnacle moment of normally it's usually there to highlight a sort of relationship between potential couple Mm -hmm. and it was quite Uh nice refreshing to see that it's actually a friend that's there to try and get you out of your hole right so these two are just yeah they're just friends i watched the tv show during lockdown or before no you watched it before no no no. i watched i watched it before okay and you've come back to the soundtrack during lockdown so you've already seen the show you've come back to did you watch the show again in lockdown or did you just no no i no thank god i didn't watch the show because (laughs) on the one hand the the it's it's a very weird show Okay, so what brought you back to the soundtrack then as, as, a, as a lockdown listen? Because there's optimism to it. There's a lot of warmth. And it also reminded okay. me a lot of, um, it has qualities of like anime and Studio Ghibli sort of nuances to it. Yeah. And okay, I don't know, there was something very whimsical about it that I yeah. really enjoyed. And like, I think at that point, you know, watching out the window and just looking the world go by, it just kind of elevated and kind of maintained that hopeful feeling you know okay and and i just feel like it's a beautiful piece of music to be honest what did you think yeah i mean i can kind of see where you're coming from but as i say for me it it sounded very ticking clock and claustrophobic apart from that bit in the middle where it gets bouncy so like i don't know to me i couldn't help but try and like psychoanalyze you listening to this i was like oh is is this the sound of delirium setting in (laughs) like like mid lockdown no this is me feeling kind of as i said more not more on a happier side I, I need to remember that Ella's happy place is an, is an odd place sometimes. <laughs> it's definitely a juxtaposition. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, can, I can see what you're saying. I can see what you're saying. So that's, that's cool. Shall we move on to one of your tracks? Yeah. So, look, uh, I will start by talking about, well, it's, it's an album, but I'll, I'll talk, we'll talk about one particular piece. And it's a very long piece, so we'll only be playing a small part of it. So the album is called Fordlandia. And it's by Johan Johansson, who we've spoken about on the podcast before. And the track that um, I will play for you is kind of like the big, it's the big presentation of the main theme, I would say, of, of the album. And it's got quite a title. It is called Melodia, brackets, 
guideline for a propulsion device based on Heim's quantum theory, close brackets, because Johan Johansson never met a long title that he didn't like, and he never met anything technical he wasn't really into either. I'll just kick off with the music, why don't I? And here it is. So how did you actually hear about this album? Uh, yeah, so I actually kind of just stumbled on it in lockdown, to be honest. So lockdown for me, there was a lot of like uh, sort of like being sort of overwhelmed by things going on. I think it's fair to say. 
And so there's a lot of times that maybe I, like I wanted to really work on something or, or do something. And like, I, I just couldn't, I had this sort of like mental blocks cause I had to really like process and work, work through some things. And so the approach I started to take was that I would just put on a nice piece of music and I'll just let myself think and process and deal with stuff and kind of move on. And so I kind of had to find composers that I could do that with. So who would have these kind of like predictable kind of pieces that I could work with. And Johan Johansson and Olafur Arnolds and sort of the Icelandic minimal, minimalists, as it were, they're kind of good for that, right? Because it has this kind of a quality. And so literally I, I discovered it because I was just listening to Johan Johansson in general, like, you know, you know, plug for Spotify. We are available as a podcast on Spotify, by the way. So, so uh, yeah, I was just listening to like all of Johan Johansson on Spotify. And I sort of, I remember sort of noticing as I was kind of like thinking about something else, like, oh, wow, that's, that's a really amazing piece of music. And, and it was this. And so I saw, I was like, oh, Fordlandia, this is not an album I've ever heard of. As it turns out, it's an album that he wrote, God, I actually don't know what year, but it was a little while ago now. It's a concept album that he wrote about a, a real, a real event. It's about this sort of um, time in, must be in the 19th century somewhere, or early 20th maybe, where Henry Ford tried to build like a town in the Amazon as like a rubber, um, rubber collection facility. So he tried to build this like modern city that was going to house all of these workers and they were all going to collect rubber to, to obviously go up and make tires and stuff for the car industry. And it failed horrifically. But Johann Johansson wrote this album about that whole thing and it's part of the sort of like a, a trilogy of albums it started with his one about an ibm computer and stuff this is really sort of like technical things but honestly it wasn't the story that was fascinating me although it is a fascinating story in its own right and i would encourage people to read it it was more just the sound um of this as a piece so to start with like it, it has what i was after it has those that sort of um relentless minimalist sort of rhythm and beat to it which is gets you into that kind of like you know calm slightly trance like state where you can just like you know calmly listen and think about something else and it's just sort of going on in the background but also has all these sort of like soft bell-like tones and things which is actually an interesting thing i think about this album in general in that it's about like a really bad thing that happened and it's about something that happened in like the tropics in the jungle in brazil but it just really has this really calm kind of a quality to it, I think. Like it's it's a bit broody and stuff, but it's but it's ultimately quite calm. Certainly compared to like I grew up with a lot of Australian composers writing about like failed colonies and things in Australia. A notable example for anyone listening at home is um a piece called or Sweet called Port Essington by Peter Sculthorpe, which is a very similar idea, but it's it's quite nasty in terms of how it, it describes this like Europeans versus nature thing going on. Whereas this, Fordlandia, it's, it's quite a nice listen. But I mean, at the same time, I guess there is a um, a nice kind of like them thematic uh, thing to to lock down of like this is really about like you know human hubris thinking that we can control nature and ultimately, obviously, obviously we can't. I don't have that much more to say apart from like just the sound. I, I like how it has this sort of like, I call it sort of industrial scientific music quality. It's the sort of, it's sound like sound, uh, sound collection style. It's like the sort of music that you'll get on like uh, an ad, like for some new technology company. It has this sort of like 
you know, gentle modernist kind of a a, a beat going on. Um, I describe it as sort of like um, Michael Oldfield meets Goretzky's sorrowful songs. I, I think I think it's quite cool. Mm. No, I mean you definitely touched upon one word that I think describes it very well. For me, one of my notes when I listen to some of the tracks in the album, including this, is that it, mm. it's calming in an alert way. Like there's a sense of focus mm. and a delivery of the music. D- d- I like that, yeah. There's calming music that's very meditative, like you kind of lose yourself and like you kind of yeah. go into a trance, as if you say. But with this, like there's a trance element to it, but there's like you still know your direction. There, you still have your per- like your eye line, your focus on your peripherals mm-hmm. or where you're actually, what you're looking at or what you're trying to focus on. Like there isn't a level of l- losing yourself to the elements. Yeah. Which might be because it's actually got a strong melody. Mm, yeah, you still feel grounded. Yeah, so I enjoyed it. I mean, there was one other track that I really enjoyed. It's called The Rocket yeah. Builder. Yes. I mean, because for yes. me, midway, there's this like really low bass figure that just like, there's like the faint percussion, this, the faint percussive beat that comes in and it just sits underneath. And I love like Johan Johansson's sort of music and the blend of the organic and the electronics like they do yeah. it so well but they they have this weird sort of dark and hollow aspect to it that is so uh, you know it's very icelandic which is obviously because mm-hmm. of the environment that they like it translates very well of like they're where they're raised and where they come from into their music yeah. so well so. I think that particular track is about uh, like a scientist in California who tries to build a massive rocket and accidentally kills himself. Oh, well, there you go. It definitely feels like yeah. that. <laughs> like the doom is imminent. There is a doom to yeah. it, yeah. Um, I am not surprised you were drawn to that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know where to take I'll take that as a compliment. You just seek out the dark stuff, whether you know it is or it's not. You, you, you have a nose for it, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, just, just it's, it calms me. I think it, it soothes yep. me. That's what it is. <laughs> I think it is. A, I think it is a, a compliment. You, you're soothed by the darkness, and that is that is a fantastic quality to have. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, moving on to uh, yes. one of my tracks, it's actually also, funny enough, with a collaboration with Johan Johansson mm. and Hilda. Good night, here. This album is the Mary Magdalena, the, the soundtrack that they did for this film. So I was just in the mood to listen to some of Hilda's soundtracks. It was after listening a lot to the Joker soundtrack and then this popped Unsurprising. up. Unsurprising. And mm-hmm. I thought okay well I'll give it a go because I have heard in previous podcasts or like interviews mentioning Mary Magdalena and also I think this is one of his last soundtracks that he did before his um, sad passing. So I thought okay well I need something that's not particularly complex. I needed to listen to something whilst I was working, something to be in the background, but still kind of engaging and just a little bit, just to kind of create an an ambience, I guess. Interesting. When I was listening to this, I was like, okay, this is perfect. This is really interesting. It definitely is an assault on your ears. Yeah, so let's look. I, I think that that is about the right time to play the track. So you've said that this was... A calming thing to have in the background. Is that is that what you just said? 
I mean, not this particular track, but I mean, when I was listening to it, I, I, okay. I, I was quite calm by it, yes. <laughs> okay, so this is the track, and I believe it's called The Goats yes. from the Mary Magdalena soundtrack by, I, I think Johan Johansson's like the lead composer, but, but and it's a Hilda collaboration between the two, yeah. yeah. It's definitely the two of them, yeah. about how you run into the darkness <laughs> yeah, i know oh dear like seriously i'm just like i'm being called out too much on this uh, <laughs> <laughs> i even realized i can't defend myself i don't know why um it's because it's true <laughs> well i just i'm drawn to it because i don't know maybe it's evoking something deep and within me that's been hidden for a very long time uh-huh. i know but yeah, I mean, this is a very unusual album. I'll just say, before I start talking about this particular track, I just want to say that it's 
a very unusual unusual album for a religious theme film i'll be i know that yep. the focus is more about the characters of uh Mag- Mar- mary magdalena and her relationship with jesus this is the perfect example where i listened to the soundtrack but i haven't watched the film so i have no yeah. idea how this music particularly communicates uh-huh. with the film or what the goats are even doing yeah exactly however <laughs> Because it's very atmospheric and because I haven't seen the film, Mm -hmm. I do feel like I have a grasp of what the film is about and what the environment, the emotional intent between the characters and the development of the story from a very sort of humanistic perception. And so in this particular track, I really felt the setting and the location, the hostility, like even the age of where it's when the period of when it's meant to be set, like through the strange ambient textures of this like weird, whatever they were doing, like the weird effects um, where you hear fragments of the supposed ethnic sounds and the way it just rises and ascends and it just doesn't resolve. Mm. It just keeps you hanging, you know, and it's very otherworldly. I don't know, I just felt like this is probably the scene where there's a hint of maybe the devil trying to come and influence one of the characters maybe, because it has a very dark, well it has a a very, very dark uh, mood, Uh tone to it. And yeah, there's just this threat for a religious film. You don't, it uses very different instrumentation to what yeah. other previous films that focused on the story of Jesus and his crucifixion or his life, etc. It felt really unique to me. Sure. Um, okay. Like it didn't use the usual tropes of having angelic <laughs> vocals every time Jesus came through. Like there were hints of, there were still no. voices. There were still a sort of choral like voices, quali- like layering, but it wasn't in your face. I think I think it really tried to capture the personalities of the characters more so. Okay. But uh, yeah, and in terms of how it helped me during lockdown, um this is what I'm intrigued <laughs> Um I think it just it just transported me away from away. Yeah. Okay. Um rather than <laughs> I know this is this is what I'm saying. This is the, what what this is an episode where everybody gets to kind of get to know us a little bit better. I I, I feel like yeah, I'm really getting to know you better. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It was it for me. This was like an escapist album okay. for me. Fair enough. Um, just as I said, just because of the textures and the musicality, just like the ambience, and it was just I, a few times I really had to stop doing my work and just kind of go in and allow this mm-hmm. envelop me basically yeah um yeah what did you think <laughs> yeah look did it terrify um, you look it is deeply unsettling and unpleasant um i think is my well this is literally the first thing i wrote down <laughs> uh i found it difficult to engage with to start with I, like i'll note that like you said this album but you specified this track so i'll listen to this track first mm. which may not have been the easiest entry point into this soundtrack um i'll say that look in general i had wanted to listen to more hilda during lockdown but i just i found her more bleak which like just a bit too bleak to listen to like people like her, things like her chernobyl um album stuff like that. it's just it's just a bit much for lockdown for me 
Um, so I sort of weirdly wound up listening to quite a lot of Johan Johansson and potentially a reasonable amount of Hilda's playing on Johan Johansson albums, but not her music per se. Um, and it was because of tracks like this. Um, <laughs> and look, and that is actually a notable thing for me because normally I would actually be all over something like this. I love this sort of textural stuff. I mean, I actually genuinely do occasionally sit down and listen to Penderecki and things like that. And that is what this is, really, in terms of sound and, and stuff. But I think there's more movement right. for it. I think Yeah, there is. There's more beat. Yeah, there's there's a the, really relentless beat underneath it for sure. Um and that definitely gives it a more modern cinematic quality and it's definitely it, that that is the Hilda Johan sound. Great. It is pretty heavy listening. So um yeah, I think I would probably warn people to maybe don't go straight to listening to this track at the mm. beginning. Maybe like listen Right at the start of the, of the album and make you make your way gradually to this track. Unless you're like me, that likes to go straight to the dark and go into the depths of hell. A musical adrenaline junkie, basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd actually say on one level it bothered me in that this this kind of was the sort of music that I would have liked to be writing during lockdown. It was probably fairly true to how things were churning up for me, I would say. But um, so, if anything, it kind of brought out the frustration that I haven't been able to um, really write all that much. It's like, yeah, no, that's that's pretty much the sound of the of, of the whole thing. But yeah, it's I I was actually fairly shocked at how difficult a listen I found that one to be. Mm. To be to be honest, yeah, it's not for everybody. No, I say normally it would, but. It, it's, but it's at this time yeah. couldn't do it. At this time, it's the same thing when we were when we did the leftovers um, episode, yeah. whereby you know, if given any other circumstances or any other time of the year, it would have been fine, and you know, emotionally you would have been able to process it better. But I think in this circumstance, like it's so strange how our minds are affected Changed. by yeah, and are yeah. affected by things. How there's sometimes we can't cope as well as we would have with situations. It's kinda of like our brain goes into this weird sort of fight and flight sort of trauma yeah. mode. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean for me at the, at the beginning I was kinda able to deal with that in some ways, channel channel that frustration and not let it I kind of go along with it more, I think, for me. This may have been part of the difference in that you were listening to this in like earlier times and i was listening to this like three days ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah when maybe things have dragged on a little bit more yeah yeah <laughs> so that might have something to do with it as well mm. what's your next track then yeah so i guess having having done that we're, we're kind of on the johan johansson hilda train at the moment and you've just mentioned the leftovers so i think the logical one for me to talk about next would be a piece by max richter who, of course, wrote the soundtrack to The Leftovers. And the track is called On the Nature of Daylight. It is a track he released on his on his concept album, The Blue Notebooks. It was a wrote 2003, released in 2004. And the album itself is kind of about the, the Iraq War. It's sort of like a protest album against the Iraq War. But this particular track, uh, I wouldn't say it's particularly protesty, but it, it's really taken on a life of its own. It's used... Um, extensively in trailers and particularly in cinema. It was very notably used for the big climactic scenes of a film called Shutter Island by Scorsese. Do you remember that one? Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. film? 
And then it was also, and this is where it has a Johan Johansson relevance, it was used quite extensively in the film Arrival. It was used at the beginning and the end, and I'm sure it was actually used quite a bit through the middle. And it was used so much that uh, Johan Johansson's score for Arrival was deemed ineligible for an Oscar nomination. So he kind of got, and it's it's the only time I've ever heard of that, to be honest, where they decided, no, no, the sync music was so important here that your music doesn't count. So that was a really kind of, um, like, that was an awful controversy at the time. That was when we were very much like, Johan deserves his Oscar, and he missed out for that. But that said, this is a phenomenal piece of music, and here it is. You've probably heard it before, On the Nature of Daylight. drew you to this then yeah so i mean this is obviously a piece i've I've known about for a long time um 
again, this was sort of filling that need of something to to listen to whilst thinking and contemplating other things, basically. I, I think that this actually may be one of the best pieces of music ever written for that for that particular purpose. It's just something about the the space that it provides. Um I describe it almost like you know how on like um Instagram or something you have filters mm. that, that change the look of your photo? Yep. It's like that, but for sound, like you put it on and you can still like process everything like it doesn't take up much space it's it's very much in the background but well it's it's almost like it's in the foreground it, it, but you can still see everything clearly through it but it just it adds a like a this meditative mood on top of everything and so it's like mildly melancholic but very very meditative uh, but as you said about the fordlandia track actually like it allows you to get this like sharp focus on on, on everything well, especially um, if you're trying to process your thoughts and actually, yes. like, you know, it's, it's a way of journaling without actually having to write yeah. things down. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why it has worked so well in film, because, again, they can just kind of like throw this over the top of a, of a scene and it encourages you to watch the scene because you don't have to listen, process the music too much. It just encourages you to watch the scene and it just adds this gravity and focus to everything. Um, so just. I, the, the main thing I'll say is that Rick, if there's any particular quality that Max Richter has, is that he has an outstanding mind for pacing. Like he's just amazing at the speed of development and the way that his tracks progress. They just, he has this just phenomenal touch of just when to introduce the new element and just when to do a little transformation. He's really good at this. And this is like the best track of his for that particular quality. and that makes it kind of one of the most perfect pieces of sort of cinematic sync music ever, ever written. It's like, I I would consider it like cinema's answer to Packable's canon. There's just a a perfection about it to a point that it's almost annoying how perfect it is. You need to write him a letter or something. Let him know about your praises in this episode. Look, he gets a lot of letters about this particular piece of music, uh, specifically his um, copyright letters, which uh, include large sums of money for all of the things that it's been included in. So I, I think he, I think he does quite all right out of this particular track, <laughs> to be honest. I properly listened to Max Richter more so when we did the leftovers where um, episodes. Uh-huh. So this was one of the tracks that when I was listening on a loop or just. Mm reacquainting myself to introduce myself more better to um his his stuff this definitely yeah. came up and it i definitely agree with it, all the points you said about just the pacing aspects of it and for composers out there who are kind of you know trying to trying to work on their craft like there's always that battle of to how to what extent do I need to care about like all of that traditional theory and technique, that really like boring stuffy stuff? And I, Max Richter is clearly someone who has done that work. Mm. He's someone who has had that very traditional classical education. And this is why some of that stuff matters. Also, all of that like classical era theory around theme and variation and how you develop a theme and what modifications work and what modifications don't and what pace they should be delivered like 
that stuff feels very old and like it's not relevant anymore until you hear someone actually nail it with a, with a modern sound like like he does with <clears> this <throat> and it still works the, like the theory of it is still incredibly effective and that's why it is worth persisting with with some of that stuff that maybe doesn't sound important but like it's it's magical when you do actually get it right there's a well there's a reason why there's a blueprint to these things my my next track that I would like to put forward and say that I listened to during lockdown was mainly instigated by watching the film. <laughs> okay. Um, so the the film is called Everest. Have uh-huh. you seen it? I I haven't. But is this about that year where a whole bunch of people died on Everest? Yeah, so, yeah exactly. So Everest basically tells the story of like one of the mountain's most deadly incidents where eight people died basically trying to reach the summit. Uh, and that was in- yeah. So I've actually watched a documentary movie about that exact same climbing season, but I've not seen this film. So it's, it's sort of it was that's what I assumed when I listened to it. So that's interesting in itself. So obviously the incident took place in 1996, but the film was released in 2015, and it's got um, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal um, uh-huh. and your Aussie. Hold on, what's his name? Uh-huh. And your Aussie mate Jason Clark, as well as Josh Brolin. So okay, yeah, and Kieran Knightley as well. I was a bit like, what is she doing? Oh. There? I don't know. She's only there for like a few minutes, but okay. And Sam Worthington. You can't really do anything about mountain climbing and not have people from Australia and New Zealand. I think I think it's one of the rules. It's quite a very very tragic film because you kind of realise just how futile and how um, in the short space of time life is very precious. That I mean, so. This song is called Epilogue, so this plays right at the end of the film where it gives you a montage of all the people who perished and all the people who survived and what they, how they carried on with their lives and also they, you actually got to see real images, like the real life photos of these survivors and these people who died as well. So, Well, let's listen to that now then, well, on that thought.
like how did this make you feel in the movie and and how what what places it on this list for you so the music in general in the movie would kind of went over my head in some ways okay this however really stuck out for me caught my ears literally so i Mm -hmm. was just like okay i need to listen to this over and over and over again like i feel like this is a really wow this is something it's touched something it touched a nerve especially during lockdown so i felt like i wanted to kind of experience that but in not with the visuals but with my own sort of internal thoughts and see if i it allows gives a good sort of soundtrack to what was going on to my mm-hmm. head and it felt it was it's a very intimate and it's very complex yeah contemplate comp, comp, contemplative contemplative yeah so it's a yeah. very intimate and contemplative and moving piece of music like and every time i listen to it i feel like i hear and discover something new in its musicality and mm-hmm. i love the cello and i feel like this is it's quite a very um this simple a common theme in the tracks that we've kind of chosen like the cello really kind of drives as well as the piano the piano and the cello really drive this sort of emotional depth mm. of you know isolation and reflectiveness and pain in some ways um mm-hmm. so but i just wanted to kind of say just one more thing about the film i mean it's a great film in that it's it was there are a few scenes where it was very refreshing to see how a realistic death can happen um right in the sense that uh and there's no music there to heighten that emotion of that situation so there's basically a scene where um jason clark's character is trying to help um one of the explore like one of the customers or whatever you want to call them yeah mountaineers inexperienced mountaineers they're basically like each character each of the each of the participants who pays to go on this adventure on this sort of expedition yeah they all have their own goals as to why and reasons as to why they're doing it so for this guy he wanted to go right to the top to kind of prove that he's done something with his life and something to do uh for the little kids school as well to kind of show right. them that he made it because he tried to do it like eight times before and failed so this was like his last chance to do it and yeah he basically ended up wasting his air and they managed to get right to the top and then this is the moment where they're making their way down and because he didn't have enough air left over so then this is where like the issues can happen where like you know if you're with high altitudes whereby your body starts right. to malfunction and you start to hallucinate or you start to get lightheaded or you start to get hot so this is what was happening to him and just as jason clark's character just just turned his back just for one second away not paying attention to the other person the other person yeah. just he just took one step and he fell down off the mountain all right and i think it was that shock of that simplicity of just how quickly your life can end yeah in a split second and I, yeah and like for me as a viewer i was just like i really had to take a second or two to process what just happened and yeah. It just yeah, it just basically reaffirms that the realization that it takes a second to lose everything and nature is very ruthless and at the end of the day you're immortal. 
Um, yep. And I like the fact that the, there was no music to kind of build up that tension that like, oh, is he going to make it? Is he going to fall? Is he not? Oh, no. He's actually yeah. just, that's it. And I think, yeah, it was very refreshing to see that. And then so when the music then came in right at the end, um, it just built up. It kind of, there was a sense of release in my emotions of, there was tenderness and there was sadness and it just really emulated the tragedy of everything of all these people and just, um, yep. yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I really like this piece of music and I really, as I mentioned, I felt like the way the cello is played, it really has a life of its own and it's just this, mm. it really, for me, shows off or it gives, provides a voice to nature for me. Yep. Um, but yeah, what did you think? Uh, yeah, look, I, the, the first instinct I had about this was that it was actually, it reminded me a lot of the, of the two tracks that I've just played for you. It seemed to sort of fill a, a similar void, I felt. Um, in that it is quite meditative, it is quite contemplative, and that whilst there is obviously a darkness and sadness to it, I think as a piece of music, I've got no idea of the scene, um, apart from what you've just described. Um, but I think the music itself is more occupied with gentleness and beauty than it is about tragedy. There's also, I felt, there is a certain Central Asian Himalayan kind of quality to it in terms of the some of the sounds and a lot of the like the real sliding strings and that kind of thing it gets that sort of peeper type erhu type quality to it even though obviously it is western instruments um the thing that really drew me in was that um it, it's so modern that really bright rawness to the strings it has this real kind of like razor's edge of sound which sounds both like cold but also modern but still sensitive, like you just you feel like you're on that raw edge of life, um, and that string sound is contrasted very nicely against the very rounded, soft sounds of the piano. And there's like a couple of moments of some vocals come in. Um, so I think yeah, I thought it was very gentle, very beautiful, and yeah, had that same sort of meditative, contemplative quality that that my tracks had and that, that you described. It's so funny yeah. how like it seems like a lot of the music that we've just been talking about have a very it's that to kind of try and zone us yeah ground us you know in some ways not to elevate the, the trauma basically but to try and relax yeah. us in some ways and focus us a little yeah, yeah that, that is interesting that we, we've come quite independently because we were essentially completely separate for almost all of lockdown yeah. we've, we've met once in eight months yeah for like an afternoon mm -hmm. not during actual lockdown we didn't break any rules mm -hmm. um but yeah like we 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 both were using music for the for the same reasons and interestingly we've selected music that we've been using for the same reasons so so that is that is intriguing mm. uh talking about cello um and uh, this was a track from that you just listened to from something that you actually this media you actually consumed um, I have something rather similar. So it's from a video game called Erica, and the music is by very accomplished game composer, probably the great rising game composer of the moment, Austin Wintory. And it features a cello solo by Tina Guo, who um, plays on pretty much all of his tracks these days. 
Erica was my little Halloween treat to myself. Um, I didn't really do a whole lot for Halloween, but I did play this. Um, and it's basically back in the 90s, there used to be these games we called FMVs, full motion video games. People thought it was going to be like a big, a big deal, but it kind of died because it was a terrible idea. But it's kind of back to it. And this is basically the idea of like, uh, it's as though you're in your own movie or TV show. Like you've got a character on scene, on screen and you get to choose what they do, but it, it plays out with real actors in real sets performing the actions of, of, of what have happened. And it's actually really quite good and, and really effective. It's a good kind of like two-hour game to play. Um, it's on PlayStation, I think. Well, it is on PlayStation. I think it might be only on PlayStation. And yeah, it tells the story of this girl who's an orphan and she sort of gets sent this rather sinister package and then she winds up essentially in like an institution trying to work out what's happened. And it all gets kind of dark and broody from there. It's, it's, it's a thriller at the end of the day. It's not really horror. It's a thriller with some horror elements. But here is the track. It's, probably, it's one of the main tracks. It's not necessarily the main thing, but it's one of the main tracks from Erica. And it is called Know Thyself. Reminds me a little bit of Max Richter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a theme here. Yeah, it's less minimalist. Mm. It has less going on. It's very simple and very pared back. But it it, it has it has a lot in common. And I will note that like so the general nature of the game is that the game kind of like plays along and this music happens. 
and then you'll have to do a choice. So you'll have like a dialogue choice or a choice of which door to open and things like that. And then the music will branch depending on which which thing you've done and that kind of thing. So it's it's a very dynamic score in re- in in game, but obviously in an album, it's you, you get what you get. But it also means that its actual job is to sit there and really let you concentrate on what's happening on screen and really sort of because you're having conversations with people and you're trying to like read their reactions and maybe what might be the right approach to take and that sort of thing. So it's really encouraging you to focus and concentrate on the game. It's not trying to tell you much because you're meant to work out what's going on. You're meant to feel it, not not it communicate to you kind of thing. So it it too has that same quality we're talking about of it is a little bit meditative and very much please focus. Um, but it, it it's also it's very dark and heavy. It's it's got a sort of textural elements, but it also has this like gothic and ever so slightly noir qualities, which gives it this sort of like old timey th- dark British thriller quality to it. And I like how it has this sort of like I, I describe. It definitely has a lot more yeah. tension than all the other tracks that we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, sorry from like the Goats Hilda's one, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd say it has a, like a slipperiness. It refuses to ground itself too much. Like it, you start to feel like you have some footing, but then it slides, like it literally slides. There's lots of glissandos and portamentos, which just makes the music sound very unstable and treacherous. Like everything just feels unhinged and unbalanced, which I think was perfect for lockdown personally. I mean, in my notes, I wrote down mental institutions. So weirdly enough that before I did it... You were pretty much on the money. Yeah, because yep. I was just a bit like, the, there isn't... There's definitely unsettledness. Yeah. And... That is so cool that you basically perfectly <laughs> guessed the location. <laughs> well, because, I was, because it just it made me feel like... It made me feel very unsettled and very unhinged, basically. Yeah. And... Well, I hope Austin Winter is listening because you'd nailed it. Mate. <laughs> well, he nailed it with the music, so like, kudos to him. Sometimes it's weird, like you know, when you can't articulate yourself in words, music does that for you, emotionally. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, this is a really, it's a great track. Um, very emotive. Um, slightly more, a little bit. It, I know you said it's simple, but for me, there's elements of it going a little bit all over the place. Um, purely mm. because, like, as you know, somebody who is mentally unstable probably would feel. Yes. Know, there's yep. nothing that they can grasp of because it's their mental thoughts are are just going haywire. Yeah. But yeah. Good choice. Thank you. Thank you. Now, bring us home, Ella. <laughs> what is your the What is your last choice? The finale. The finale track. <laughs> This is definitely a finale track. I mean, <laughs> it, as I said, I think it's a great build-up to fit to finish with this particular song. So I know we normally always listened and we've spoken about film music. This, I thought it would be nice to kind of touch upon a contemporary track um sort of a pop song i guess if you want to call that um uh-huh when is this track from the when oh so it was it's from 2004 so it's basically okay. right. um from one of your albums that you talked about um which was Mac- max richter's 
um, about the, mm-hmm. how his that particular album was about the Iraq War. This particular yeah. album by these this band was in reaction to the same cause, to the same sort of okay. issue. But yeah, so the track that we're listening to is "Counting Bodies Like Sheep to the Rhythm of the War Drum." That's a mouthful. By a perfect circle. I'm here Step away from the window And go Back to sleep Safe from pain And truth And choice Ever poison devils See, they don't give a fuck about you Like I do So my opening note for this <laughs> is a question okay. which I'll invite you to answer, and it is simply, seriously, WTF is this? <laughs> Why? You don't like it? It's not that I didn't like it. I am, I am bemused. Go on. Well, let's just say that this is a song that I've been listening to in more so in the second lockdown as opposed to the first because okay. I felt like the first one I was trying to get myself grounded or try and process it in my own time, not to push myself. And I was a little, I was kind of going with the flow with everything that was going on. You know, you kind of, you, you do as you're told in a hope to try and help, help the situation. 
you know mm-hmm. follow the three word slogan <laughs> yeah there's hope you know and then you know there's an element of try to be gentle <laughs> with yourself as well this time around with this song i was just like no you know what fuck this screw yeah. that i'm just gonna go for it okay there's something not right okay and i felt like my feelings of questioning and kind of not wanting to do as you're told. I'm not saying, okay, I know this might sound like, oh, I'm going to start not wearing masks or anything like that. That's it, that is not in the context <laughs> that I'm saying it. No, I am, that's no. Please wear a mask, yeah, people. Please wear please a wear mask, okay, to try and save lives and help NHS and just generally help each other. But I think this is more in response to the government's way of handling things. So just let's to make okay. that differentiation. Um, mm-hmm. And this track is also when it was released was also a reaction and response a commentary to the way the government had been dealing with the iraq war and so the whole premise of the song is basically uh, it's like an anti-war song and you know it's talking about how the government tries to think for you and how the government is trying to control you with the media and you know we believe everything that the media says so we start following it uh, we become like sheep and and we're just not smart enough to kind of question things and then in the end end up getting killed by it so i felt like there was definitely parallels to okay the, the reasonings and the sort of the concept and what it was trying to say at the time to the current situation now how the media currently and the government are really trying to i think are handling this completely the wrong way this was really a soundtrack to kind of showcase my anger towards it i can hear that (laughs) and the music and just so you know the music is completely electronic there's no guitars whatsoever ah okay it's a very dark song like the rhythm is very driving it's just it's just anger and it's aggression and it's just there's moments of it where it reminds me a lot of the 2007 film 300 like it would have been perfect oh yeah if it was incorporated into that um because it's this industrial rock and yeah it's to me it's serving a kind of um nine inch nails industrial textural metal kind of a sound yeah and like just even some of the wordings, as I mentioned earlier, just felt it really resonated, you know, where he sings like safe from pain and truth, choice, another poison that will say, they don't give a fuck, fuck about you like I do. Um, don't read. Um, the whole premise is basically don't read, don't think, don't act, do as I say, believe what I say, and you will be safe. And right. Um, I think this song helps me to stay focused in that it channels the anger and the frustration of the current situation and to kind of keep i feel like it keeps kept me awake okay in my opinion. so when are you listening to this song are you listening to this song on your way to work is it every, at work at home second of the day <laughs> are you okay <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry. Just like I said, I just have a lot of anger in me that I'm trying to channel and get out. And music does it very well. I mean, if I'm not able to take it out on people, which I would never do because I'm very, very gentle. If you met me, you would not think that I would listen to this music. This is is true. Ella is a a very gentle soul in person, but with a a dark fire inside. (laughs) But 
aside from like what it how it made me feel emotionally and what it did uh, I have to I appreciate and I, I love the production side of it because if you listen to the music there's really amazing planning work where it's very detailed and it kind of helps kind uh-huh. of channel and drive you from side to side and kind of create this environment of hostility and environment of it's oppressive. Oh, it's just, it's all over you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so on, on that, I'm just going back to a point you made a second ago. Um, when you listen to a piece of music like this, which is oppressive, aggressive, angry, all of those things, does that, does that mean that by the end of listening to it, you're less angry? Like, do you start angry, listen to this, and it kind of lets it, it out? Is, is that what happens? Yes. It releases it. Releases it. Hence, yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, okay. And does that does other music do that too? Like, if you're feeling sad, will listening to sad music release yeah, and desensitize it? If you're happy, I mean, if you if I if I want to have a good cry, or if I'm in the mood, or if I'm in a state where I feel I need to cry and I need to release this, I will listen to music that will induce me to cry. Because okay. to kind of and that makes you feel better. It afterwards. does because it kind of you kind of you go into this weird sort of. I know we keep saying that the. the the word of the de- the word of this episode meditative um yeah you kind of get into this flow of right that i think if i then start to then listen to like a very upbeat pop song i think would do more damage to my state so right. i'd rather try so you can't cancel it out no. and force an emotion with music but you can use music to keep keep kind it of... going and just kind of like finish yeah. this job you know like draw it yeah, out almost exactly it's the same because okay. i don't write diaries i don't journal as much some people are able to do that they can get their thoughts out and get their pain out or get their just uh-huh. whatever is bothering them on paper i would do it yeah. through music whereby if i feel very angry or i feel angry or sad or if i want to be happy and i want to be in a positive mood i will listen to set music to kind of keep me retain that state until I'm yeah. done and be like, okay, that's good. It's done its service. Now I can move on. I can go on with the rest of the day. My, the rest of the day. So you sort of soundtrack your own life almost. Yes. Like you apply an appropriate soundtrack and then it allows you to process and get through yes. it. That's exactly what Interesting. I do. <laughs> Interesting. And you? St- I don't. No. <laughs> oh, God. Why not? I, it doesn't work like that for me. Um... If I'm angry and I play angry music, it'll just hold me in that place for longer. And anger's not a great place to be held. Mm. So that would be pointless. Um, if I'm sad, the same. If I play sad music when I'm sad, no, no, it's just not going to work. Um, so like some of the music that I've been playing, like it definitely has a melancholy quality to it, but I don't think any of them you would describe as being particularly tragic or sad. Mm. They're not Goretzky's horrible songs. So, like, I'll certainly allow the music to maybe guide the mood a little, but it's not about trying to accentuate or draw an emotion out at all. It's just adding a little bit of a tone or a filter on top of it because, yeah, getting really angry doesn't make me feel any better. Getting really sad and crying doesn't make me feel better. It makes me feel exhausted and tired Mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, and that makes everything worse. But that's interesting um, to hear that how you process emotion differently to somebody else then. Mm. Um, because for me, it's like once I'm able to kind of get it out, it's like a punching bag. It's like a punching bag session. Mm. You know, you kind of you get I can, it out. I can get that, then, yeah. 
you can move on from it. Like I know what you're saying, like for some people when they listen to angry music, it will kind of just make them angry. But for me, when I'm angry, I am processing to get out of it. I'm not listening to stay in it. Yeah. I'm, pro- I'm listening to release the tension, you know? Yeah, it's like you can you can go through the emotion, yes. whereas I don't feel like I can. Like if I if I ever get to the emotion, I, it's already over. Like it's already going to be awful afterwards if I ever get to one of those emotions. So it tends to be more about trying to regulate and avoid ever getting there because mm. once there, it's already gone wrong. Interesting. Yeah. Which I think leads us nicely to the like the last little thing you wanted to touch on. Which is, um, as someone who is now a veteran of not one, but two lockdowns, <laughs> Ella's tips on uh, how to survive, how to survive a lockdown. How to survive, uh, I wouldn't say they're tips, they're just general sort of suggestions or just things to think about. Um, uh-huh. I think the main thing is just to be kind to yourself and... And what does that mean? I, I hear be kind to yourself a lot. What does that involve? What does that involve for you? What does that involve for me? I think not to push, not to pressure myself to fulfill expectations that under normal circumstances are possible to do. Um, Because right now we're not living in our usual circumstances where we're able to go out and meet people, experience things and stimulate ourselves in the ways that we could before. So if you're uh-huh. missing that, there's a reason for it. Accept it and take it easy. I think, I mean, one thing one thing that I found that helped me during the second lockdown recently is having to have written down what I did in the first lockdown. Because I think in the first okay. lockdown, I was so overwhelmed and consumed and just in this weird haze of just trying it in this weird battle of being productive but at the same time not being productive giving my body time to giving my body and mind a break to process things but the same because mm. also i was working still during this time yeah. so it was just trying to manage everything and but also feel like i've done something during this time because we have a tendency to compare and kind of be in competition with our, with ourselves and other people unintentionally I think this lockdown mm. really kind of brought it to the surface more so. And again, unintentionally, because you would go on Instagram or you would go on online on like social media and you'd see people who are being very productive and they're doing things, they're creating these projects, they're yeah. doing these videos or they're doing this and that. And you kind of feel a bit like, I want to do that, but I can't get myself to do it. There's something wrong with me. And then you start getting into this weird hole. And I just felt like, remember that it's okay for you to to not if you start getting into that hole don't worry about it stop i know it's easy said than done to stop comparing yourself um but just remember that your journey is different to other people's and your circumstances are different to everybody else and yeah i think that's a really good point particularly when one of the, the first things that happens in lockdown is because as you, you've sort of you've, you've, you've hinted and said all this but i'm just gonna like spell it out even more of like because you don't get obviously that in-person time with other people it's easy to just fall into social media being your only connection to other people and all of the worst qualities of social media which is that comparison really come to the fore and that that is challenging yeah. absolutely but 
what I help, what helped me during this time is, as I said, uh, is to write thing the things that I did, even if it was the most smallest thing, like the fact that I, I cooked something new. It was a new recipe. Okay. Or the fact that I started painting again, or I started mm. painting it in a different way. Just something to make you feel that you did something, even if it's small. A sense of accomplishment does will help with your emotional state, and I think. Right. That's something that I think people would have probably suffered mentally is that lack of accomplishments, maybe. Yeah, so like writing down a little achievements list of any and maybe lowering your threshold yes. from what you would normally expect to just acknowledge that, and, yeah, and you keep know, it simple. Life's a bit more constrained. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be that, or that you made a video, or that you made, you've written a, an award winning script. Like, no, you can be as simple as just you put on it, you, you put on. Clothes <laughs> for some people. And, yeah, yeah, no, you know, we shouldn't laugh. You, no, it's, it is actually very or true. Or you started yeah. reading a new book, I think, because yep. then in a few weeks' time, you can go back to that list and be like, okay, yeah, so you, it can encourage you if you're feeling, if you maybe in a couple of weeks' time, you'll end up starting to get into some sort of hole. Having that list mm. will then remind you that actually you can get out of it. Like it's possible. It'll, yeah. it'll have an encouraging effect, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. I like it. You? Um, actually, I'll, I'm in terms of like an actual concrete tip, I, I will actually give something relatively similar, which is it's not a bad idea to actually <clears throat> like create numbers for some of this stuff. Again, to kind of just give you that sense of, well, what, what did happen? What, where, where am I at? So one particular good one is actually to track your moods. It's best to do this as simply as humanly possible. So the one I do, so you could either do it in a diary or on your calendar. Um, I use an app. I can't remember which one, but there are plenty of apps that, that allow you to do this. Where Basically, every day you give yourself a little score out of five as to what your mood is that day from like one very, very, very low and dark place, the sort of thing that leads you to listening to uh, goats, and five, you know, actually feeling happy, which, you know, doesn't come up very often. And that's not a bad exercise in itself of just having this like kind of like a tracking of, of where you were, what you're feeling, because then you can kind of see maybe what your trends are, whether you like bounce between happy and sad quite wildly one day to the next, or maybe you have slower transitions between the two. You can just kind of get a feel of how you're going. And it means that on those days where maybe you're a three out of five, you can go, yeah, you know what? Three out of five is not bad because yesterday I was at two and, and three is better. And it lowers the threshold as well, because if you are sitting at one, you don't have to think about, well, how can I make myself happy in this moment? You can maybe focus yourself on, well, okay, so today was quite bad. I rated myself a one. I was feeling really dark. Uh, what could I do tomorrow that might get me to a two? And you only have to focus on getting to a two because if you can get to a two, the next day you can think about getting to a three and you can slowly climb climb out of the recesses of it. So so that would be that would be my tip. Track your moods every day. That's a really good tip. I might try that. I would look forward to seeing what you. I've been doing for about six, seven weeks now, and yeah, it's, I, I think it has been helpful. It gives you interesting data, if nothing else, and yeah, I, I do think it allows you to start then thinking about 
well, what can I do? It gives you it gives you control because maybe that's maybe that's the biggest thing of lockdown for of me. Losing is this control. Sense that we don't have any control. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes everybody's a bit different in terms of what makes them feel in control of things. Uh, and I think actually bo- we've both come up with strategies around this same thing. So writing down the things you've done at least gives you some sense of, you know what, I was in control and I was able to put clothes on, make a new dish, um, listen to a new album. You know, it, it's a sign of, you know what, I maybe was in more control than I thought I was because I did all those things and I'm I'm happy with that. It gives you that sense of contentment. And likewise, tracking your mood gives you a sense of, okay. Well, it's well, ownership of your life ownership. as well. That's, that's a great word. We hope that our tracks that we've been discussed that we've been discussing um, helps in some ways. At least introduced you to some albums that you may have not have heard or wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, that you can then maybe add to that list that you discovered a new soundtrack yeah. or you know discovered a new composer and stuff. And yeah, we'd want to be happy to, that we have contributed to that. Yeah, I, I hope that Ella's music doesn't make you feel too sad. Uh, or, <laughs> or angry. No, but if it makes you angry, I hope it helps you release it. Yes, yes. Not not sets you off into pits of despair. I'm sure that won't happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so next month, I'm hoping it will be a little bit more joyous because next month, of course, is December and we will be talking about Christmas movies. Now... We have no idea what Christmas movies we're going to be talking about, but and maybe you should write in at Tristellar Music um, on all of the normal socials, notes in the description of this episode for sure. Maybe write in and let us know what Christmas movies you would like us to would like us to talk about. Otherwise, it's probably going to be Elf and something because Ella's been itching to talk about that for a while, and I might finally let her. Um, yeah. So next month. Christmas. Until then, goodbye. And stay safe. Stay safe. Stay stay safe. Stay safe. Stay strong. Wear a mask. (laughs) And wear a mask. (laughs) Don't be stupid. Clean your hands, okay? Don't forget to clean your hands as well. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, yes. All right. Stay safe, guys. Bye. Bye.